Journal Entry Number 972, Date, January 22, 2018. My friends, this past week, I committed a fashion faux pas. I wore floods to work. You know, jeans that are too short in length. Too much of my socks were exposed when I sat, and when I stood up, the back of my flood jeans got all hung up on the backs of my shoes. I kept having to fix the bottom of my pants every time I stood up. At some point, I realized how self-conscious and distracted I became by my flood jeans. I didn't even want to stand up. I just kept looking at my overly exposed socks. Oh, and to top it off, I wore really loud socks that day. They were light blue and yellow with a crazy pattern, and they had the word Dell all over them. Dell, the computer company. You see, Tommy went to a tech conference and brought back a lot of swag to the office, and I snagged the Dell socks. I don't know about you, but walking around in floods, conducting business in pants that are too short, it makes me feel vulnerable. It's emasculating. It makes me feel weak. I told you about our recent car purchase for Colin, the CRV. Well, that was actually a two-day process, and on the first day during negotiations, we noticed another salesman walk by, and his floods were so high they almost looked like capri pants. I shit you not, I questioned if he'd accidentally worn his kids' pants to work by mistake. And we are talking about suit pants. The dude was in a suit. With floods. Tracy and I were a little shocked, a little horrified, and we thought it was hilarious. So the next day, we returned to seal the deal on the car, and we saw the flood suit guy again, in a different suit. But unfortunately, the pant link situation was unchanged. He was still in floods, just in a different suit. So I thought to myself, maybe the dude just couldn't afford new suits. They did look a little dated in style. Maybe there was favorite suits that he bought as a young man, you know, when he was like five inches shorter, and they brought him good luck with sales. Maybe he's made a fortune in car sales and he attributes all of his success to those suits. Or maybe he's just out of touch with fashion and thinks it looks good. Man, I don't want to be like the flood suit car sales guy. It's amazing what an ill-fitting piece of clothing can do to one's confidence. I need to put my flood jeans in the donate pile. Who knows, maybe they will find a second life with a shorter person. Or, as part of a casual Friday outfit for a salesman at an unnamed car dealership in Alexandria. And now, the simple thrills of a standard man. Alright everyone, how's it going? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm Larry Thibodeau, Larry Tib, LT. You can call me what you want. I'm just glad you're here. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Welcome to day three of the furlough. And for those of you truly living under a rock, yes, the government officially shut down at midnight on January 20th. Which is really kind of the evening of the 19th. You know, and I get caught up on those kind of things. I don't really know how to say that properly. So I looked it up. I asked the Googs. And guess what? I didn't find any clear guidance. So apparently it's a judgment call. So I'll say midnight the 20th. Regardless, we're closed. The government has shut down. And here's something to note. The media always focuses on the wrong group of people. I mean, everybody's affected by the government shutdown. But they're always talking about these hundreds of thousands of government employees who won't be paid. And yes, they won't be paid temporarily. 
But what usually happens is, is when a budget is passed or when the furlough's done and they reopen the government, Congress goes back and passes something to go back and retro pay everybody for the time missed. In other words, the government is going to be paid. They're just going to be paid later. All these people and all the government employees who are currently furloughed will eventually receive their pay. I know it sucks to miss your paycheck. I know it does. But you will be paid eventually. So you know who really suffers? Is it's government contractors and other private sector companies that do business with the government. None of us are repaid. If I'm being 100% honest with you here, I don't mind a furlough for a few days. I could use a couple days to catch up on a few things. I mean, I don't want to extend for a long amount of time and it bothers me that I have to take my leave for this. It bothers me that I have to take my leave because Congress has an inability to do anything productive. But I can sustain it for a few days. So I'm going to use my time wisely. Well, number one, I can sleep in if I want to, but I probably won't. I don't really know what to do. Shit, it's almost noon, day three in, and I haven't even brushed my teeth yet. That's pretty disgusting, right? I'm just talking into a mic, so who cares? Can you smell it through the sounds? But what I do need to do is stay away from the TV. I can easily get roped into watching whatever's on TV. But that's especially true if it's one of those movies that I must watch anytime I see them on TV. And I know I have the DVDs for most of them, but there are certain movies that I cannot change the channel if they're on and I end up watching them. So those are very unproductive movies when I'm trying to be productive. And that said, here are 10 of those movies that I must watch when they come on. And this is in no particular order. Let's get going. Ready? Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly, you Irish bug. Oh, hey, Biff. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, you got my homework finished, McFly? Uh... Well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think, McFly. Think. I gotta have time to recopy it. You realize what would happen if I hand in my homework and your handwriting? I'd get kicked out of school. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Well, now, of course not. No, I wouldn't no. want that to happen. So what are you looking at, butthead? Did you get that one? I know, that was pretty easy. That was from 1985, Back to the Future, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson. It's a story about a, a scientist who figured out how to do time travel in a DeLorean. And one of his assistants, a high school kid, travels back in time and he interacts with his parents when they were in high school. It is one of my favorite trilogies of all time. Loved them. Great movies. Let's move on. Two, three. God, I love that movie. Coming to America, 1988, starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones. Eddie Murphy is a prince, and he comes to America, and he's rich as shit, and he acts poor to try to find someone who he connects with that isn't interested in him just because of his stature. Next. 
a ghost, are you? I remember you and that farm, that stupid little boy. Did he die? Hmm? You know, it's an ugly business doing one's duty. But just occasionally, it's a real pleasure. Did you get that one? That was The Patriot. It was released in 2000, starring Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger, Jason Isaacs, Jolie Richardson. It was about the American Revolution, when the Brits and the U.S. got it on. When us Americans gained our independence. Great movie. See if you get this one. Phil? Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Did you get that one? I know, that's kind of easy too. That was Groundhog Day from 1993. Starred Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott. Yeah, that was a movie about a guy who got caught in the same day, Groundhog Day, over and over and over again because he was such an asshole. The universe wanted to teach him a lesson and put him in the same day for years. You know, the movie makes it seem like maybe a few months, maybe a year, maybe a little longer, but he was actually caught in that same loop for 10 years, according to the original story. I love that one. I seek that one out at times. Next. Hey, weren't you supposed to go hiking with your friends today? Yeah, a couple of them uh, had to bail, but we'll reschedule. Anyway, listen, I got a house full of leftover kukuru, so I was thinking maybe you and me could go grab some lunch and squeeze in a little jam session. Leftover kukuru. Well, that sounds about as appetizing as uh, as a, pie, a big pie, a plate of of dirt or something. <laughs> I'm, I was I'm kidding. Yeah, I still want to hang out despite that joke. All right, did you get that one? That was from 2009. I love you, man. That's the name of that movie. Starred Paul Rudd, Rashida Jones, Jamie Presley, John Favreau, and of course Jason Segal. Great movie. There are parts in that movie that are so uncomfortable I can barely stomach sitting through it. But I have to. You know? Just make you want to cringe, but I can't stop watching. So I love that one. Let's do another. Here's the way I see it, Ted. Guy puts a fancy guarantee in a box because he wants you to feel all warm and toasty inside. Yeah, makes a man feel good. Of course it does. Why shouldn't it? You figure you put that little box under your pillow at night, the guarantee fairy might come by and leave a quarter. Am I right, Ted? <laughs> What's your point? The point is, how do you know the fairy isn't a crazy glue sniffer? Building model airplanes, says the little fairy. Well, we're not buying it. He sneaks into your house once, that's all it takes. Next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a hundred times. But why do they put a guarantee on the box, then? Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That was pretty easy, too, right? Tommy Boy from 1995. The late, great Chris Farley, David Spade. Brian Dennehy, Bo Derek. Yeah, that was a good movie. Chris Farley was really funny. Was a really funny dude. Moving on. Number seven. Let's do it. 
Now, death is a worry of the living. The dead, like myself, only worry about decay and necrophilia. Told you he was the undead. Not the undead, the dead. I died. You know, Christ told me the secret to the resurrection once. We were at this wedding in Cana, right? I got drunk and forgot it. Wait, wait, wait. Christ? You knew Christ? No, shit. Nigga owes me 12 bucks. That one might have been a little bit harder for some of you. I don't know. It wasn't as well known as the other movies, but that was Dogma from 1999. It starred Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Selma Hayek, Linda Fiorentino, Chris Rock. It was a great movie. It was a movie about two angels that were cast from heaven by God. To punish them, God put them on earth for eternity, made them live in Wisconsin. And uh, the two angels found a way to get back into heaven. It's an interesting movie. Interesting plot. And it's funny. Alright, here's one. One of the classics. So where are you headed? Aspen. Mmm, California. Beautiful. Name's Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. I'm Mary Swanson. This isn't my real job, you know. No? Nope! My friend Harry and I are saving up our money to open our own pet store. That's nice. I got worms. I'm almost embarrassed to ask you if you know that one. If you don't know it, you should be embarrassed. That's Dumb and Dumber from 1994. The great Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, Lauren Holly. It's a movie about two idiots, basically, that end up somehow in a involved in a crime plot. Great movie. Classic one-liners in there. So if you haven't seen it, you need to see that one. All right. Let's do number nine. Number nine. Number nine. John, I need to talk to you. No, not right now. What's wrong with you? Why you got the weird look all over your face? Claire's mom just made me grab her hooters. Well, snap out of it. What, a hot older woman made you feel her cans? Stop crying like a little girl. I wasn't crying like a little girl. Why don't you try getting jacked off under the table in front of the whole damn family and have some real problems? Jackass. What were they like anyway? They look pretty good. Are they real? Are they built for speed or for comfort? What'd you do with them? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? <laughs> you motorboating son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. Where is she? She's still in the house? What is wrong with you? What do you mean, what's wrong with What's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? You're projecting. Drop it. You drop it. You stop projecting on me. Why don't you go enjoy yourself while I go ice my balls and spit up blood? Drop it! Team play. <laughs> oh, God. I'm laughing. I'm laughing listening to that clip. That's Wedding Crashers from 2005, starring Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Rachel McAdams, Christopher Walken. That movie's freaking hilarious. I mean, something's got to be wrong if you can't turn that movie on and laugh. And finally, the last one for this group is... So obviously it takes you five minutes to make breakfast. That's right. Right, so you knew that. Uh, Do you remember what you had? Eggs and grits. Eggs and grits. I like grits, too. How do you cook your grits? You like them regular, creamy, or al dente? Just regular, I guess. Regular. Instant grits? No self-respecting southerner uses instant grits. I take pride in my grits. 
So, Mr. Tipton, how could it take you five minutes to cook your grits when it takes the entire grit-eating world 20 minutes? You know what that was. My Cousin Vinny from 1992. That's probably the one that gets the most mileage from me. I watch it every single time I can. I just think it's funny. I love the plot. The cast is great. Star Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, Ralph Macchio, Fred Gwynn. It's about two guys that are on travel and get arrested for a murder that they didn't commit. And so they call their cousin. One of them calls her cousin in from New York into some super bumpkin place in Alabama to defend them. It's a great, great movie. One of the classic comedies for me. So hey, this was fun. I'm sure I missed a bunch of good movies. So I'll do this again sometime. And I'm interested in the movies from your list. I'm sure you have a list, so send them to me. You can tweet me. I think that's the right term, said the old guy trying to be hip. At STSM Podcast. Or old school email me at lairtib at bumpire.net. Let me know what movies are on your list, and maybe we'll do this again. So what else is going on here? So on Saturday, Tracy and I volunteered to go pick up wreaths at Arlington Cemetery. An organization called Wreaths Across America, they put a wreath on every gravesite at Arlington Cemetery every year before Christmas. And then in January, they organized to have all of the wreaths removed from the graves. They advertised for volunteers. Tracy and I thought that uh, we wanted to, to help out, so we volunteered. The event started at 8 o'clock in the morning. And when we got there, though, there was a really long line to get into the parking. And at about 5 minutes to 8, we got rerouted to find other parking because the parking lot was full. And there were no real directions for other parking spots. I just started following some other cars. Across the street from another gate, there were just some fields, and everybody was just parking in these fields and then walking through this gate. So we did the same. We followed suit. We parked a car in the field. We walked up, and um, there was a big line there because they have to search you before you come in to Arlington Cemetery. They do the whole metal detecting thing. There are thousands of people that volunteer for this event. So it took us probably 20 to 25 minutes to get through here. So I'm telling you, and this is a conservative estimate, we didn't get into Arlington Cemetery until 8.30 a.m. Now, they didn't start removing the wreaths from the graves until 8 a.m., so a half hour had gone by. So Tracy and I went to work, and what they do is they tell you to bring a stick, a rake, or something like that, so that you can walk by the grave sites and just put the wreaths onto the stick. Like you can line them up on a stick and then pull the whole stick or pick up the stick with a bunch of wreaths on it and bring them over to a dumpster and put them in a dumpster, and they had dumpsters all over the place. Tracy and I did a bunch of loads. We kept taking these rakes to the, to the dumpster and throwing all the wreaths away. But by 9.07 a.m., I remember particularly 9.07, we looked around and we couldn't find any more graves that had wreaths on them. So an hour and seven minutes into the event, we couldn't find any more wreaths to pick up. And neither could anybody else because everybody was looking around. We walked around for 45 minutes looking for more work and they were all gone. I looked it up. How many people are buried at Arlington Cemetery? There's over 400,000 people that are buried at Arlington Cemetery. And it took basically an hour and five minutes to get rid of all the wreaths from all the graves. That's pretty damn quick. Now, I'll tell you this. 
The weather was perfect that day. We have had a string of very, very cold days, and that last Saturday was a blue sky. It wasn't super cold. It was a beautiful day. And I'm sure a lot more people showed up than, let's say, if it was ice storming out and everything. But I couldn't believe that 400,000 wreaths were basically picked up in an hour. It's amazing. And we will probably do that every year now. Because even though this year there were a lot of people that went, you know, if the weather gets bad next year, I imagine that uh, there won't be as good of a turnout. And get this. I left my phone at home that day. We went out and did this event. I left my phone at home. We needed to stop at the store on the way out. And I caught it, but we were running a few minutes late. Like we wanted to leave it by 10 to 6. And by now it was 6 or 5 after 6. And we were only 2 or 3 miles away from our house. And when I came out of the store, I'm like, oh man, I forgot my phone. And I said, forget it. It's too late. We need to get down. We need to get to this event. And I took off and then I did a U-turn and said, no, I've got to pick up my phone. And then I got to a light and I said, no, I don't need my phone. What do I need my phone for? Tracy has her phone. So I left it at home. It became an experiment for me. I started going, can I actually do this? Can I leave my phone at home, not carry my cell phone with me? So I turned around, decided to do without it for the day. And all in all, I think I did okay without it. I did go through withdrawals though. And I had to use Tracy's phone a few times just to kind of look at the news or do whatever unimportant things that I do on my phone. So I did feel like I was at a disadvantage, but at the same time, it was kind of liberating. I didn't care. I mean, if people needed to reach me, they could reach me through Tracy's phone. Anybody who knows us knows that that's the case. Could you do that? Could you leave your phone at home for a day, not carry it with you? Could you make it the full day? I was left with no choice but to do without my phone for the day, but I would say I didn't feel great about it. Oh, and speaking about the break in the weather, it was really nice for a few days. And when it got nice, I decided I needed to wash the cars because my commute put a bunch of white shit. They spray all this white stuff, keep the ice melted on the roads. So I had to go wash my car. And there's only one car wash that I like to use, and it's in Fredericksburg, which is 15 miles away. I got home from work one day, and after dinner, I drove down to Fredericksburg, and I sat in that line with the eight or ten other people in the one line because one of the car washes were broken but it always does a good job. I washed my car, brought it back home. Tracy was like, that's awesome. I mean, it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night now. And Tracy was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, mine needs to be done too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hint, hint. I said, cool, I'm in. I'll do your car too. So I took her car, drove back to Fredericksburg, washed her car, came back. Our cars look money. It was awesome. But that's not the point of this. So what? Washing a car, right? Let me ask you this. Does it seem like your car runs better when it's clean? I definitely feel like my car runs better when it's clean. And I know from a practical, logical, realistic standpoint that that's impossible. But it does seem like it. And I'm not alone in that. I've talked to, I've asked other people before. And they agree. A car seems to run better when it's clean. So people, go out and clean your cars. And yes, I know. Clean my car just in time for it to rain. But I don't care. At least it's clean. What else is up? The weight loss challenge. I didn't do too well last week. I actually had a setback. 
the only one in the group that had a setback. I was up 0.4. Let's call it a half a pound. I'm game. I was up a half a pound. Everybody else lost. Tommy, Bridget, Dave, they all lost. And Tracy, she didn't lose, but she didn't gain. She stayed the same. The exact same. Congratulations, my team, my competitors. So everybody else had either a non-change or an improvement, except for me. And I was the big loser this week. Boo me. And get this. So here was my plan, because my diet wasn't great. My fasting wasn't great. I broke a lot this week. And even the night before the weigh-in, I broke. I ate a sandwich. I ate a couple of granola bars. I ate a piece of cheese. I just went crazy. A spoon of peanut butter. I just went crazy. I was, I was hungry. I got to work out something else with the diet. Anyways. But my plan was is that I'd wake up. You remember, I fixed the treadmill. I'd wake up. I'd put on my running clothes. And I'd go running before the weigh-in. And everything would be good. Right? Well, Tracy warned me. Well, because remember, the last time the treadmill broke is because I shocked it, right? The air was so dry, I touched it, and it popped the circuit board. She warned me, get one of those grounding straps before you start using the treadmill again. And I said, nah, I don't have to worry about that. And guess what happened? I popped the board again. I got about six minutes on the treadmill, and I popped the freaking board again. Because I didn't listen, and I didn't get the damn strap. Now, we have a lifelong warranty on this treadmill, so I'll be able to replace the board again, I think, for free. But what really pisses me off is I had to do the walk of shame to Trace and tell her she was right and I was wrong. <laughs> kind of sucks when you have to admit that. So, I broke the treadmill. I panicked that day. I was like, so what am I going to do? Got on the scale and I was up a half a pound. So, we'll see how this week goes. Now that we're furloughed and I can sit around with my food and my dogs, taking naps, looking in the fridge, man, I need to get back to work. And finally, we're not going to do the news today. I just want to do one news story that, I, uh, that caught my ear. It's amazing. Freaking amazing. I don't know if you heard, but there was a couple in California where one of their kids escaped went and got the police, and they went and they had a bunch of kids, I don't know, like 13 of them, I believe, 13 kids, and they had them all chained up, tied up, like animals in their house. Police came in, arrested the parents. All these kids were malnutritioned, apparently like a 20-year-old looks like she's eight or something like that, but these parents were arrested for abusing their kids, and it was obvious when they walked in, these kids were tied up, they couldn't leave. The amazing part of this story is those fucking parents pleaded not guilty. I don't even care what reason they have. They pleaded not guilty. They were caught red-handed. People walked in their house. They had their kids chained up. How are you not guilty for that? The fucking nerve on some people. I don't even care what they're saying not guilty about. How do you say you're not guilty? Oh. oh my gosh. Some people, eh? Right? Anyway, I think I'm going to leave the conversation here. Probably should go brush my teeth at some point in time. And uh, I want to go check on my folks. Bring them some Apple House donuts that I got them yesterday. 
So I hope your furlough goes well. I hope you make it through, and I hope we go back to work soon. And I'll catch up with you later. See ya. Stand up, shout out. It's all part of a rock and roll tradition. Stand up, shout out. It's all part of a rock and roll tradition. Yeah. The Simple Thrills of a Standard Man is a Bumpire Media production. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Bumpire Media. That's at Bumpire Media. Bumpire Media.